in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. Welcome, everybody, to this week's edition of the Top 10 Show. I am John Roca. I am Matt Nose. Hello. Uh, and we are back this week with a pretty fun list that was very difficult for me because I was trying to find, I don't know about Matt, but mm-hmm. I was this, this, we were inspired to do this because Joker's coming out. Uh, and there was a lot of controversy about Joker and a lot of people saying, oh, do we need to see another film? about a white man pushed to the edge doing these kind of things. And I was like, oh, there must be a lot of them. And then I went through, and it was very difficult for me to find films about a white man pushed to the edge. So Ooh, we... So white was a no, clear... No, no, I just wanted to... As, that was where I started at okay. mentally. Okay. And, but we, I know we expanded the topic to be people pushed, uh, anyone pushed to the edge films, right? Some, uh, a well, push... Just so you know, I approach every list trying yeah. to figure out how can I make this list as white as possible. <laughs> I've never had the thought crystallized like that before, but it's fucking true. Every week, I'm like, Shh, there's not enough wonder in this bread, you know? If <laughs> we get this. I need some more mayo in this jar. <laughs> another slice of American cheese or something. I need just a little extra. Uh, but uh, I found myself to be really surprised, so I don't know about you. I, I found the, the <sighs> definition Mm. Kind of fluid yes. on some level. Yes. We said that the, the title of the show is, is Man on the Edge. Yeah, Man on the Edge. But does that edge maintain throughout? Right. Does the pivot happen earlier and they're just over the edge for the duration? Is it a they go over the edge at the final ending? Right. Is it a – so I kind of it's, – it's, there's no specific you know, fulcrum by which they, all characters pivot. Right. Uh, but I tried to – if I didn't already assume the character was Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. then they can't really going off the edge because they already exist off that edge. Right. Uh, is, and and is this? Uh, did you have women and men? Yeah. Or is, yeah. Yeah. All right. I want to make sure we, we we say man on the edge. We mean both man and woman on. Yeah. The yeah. Edge. It was just there's an easy way to say it. We yeah. put person on the edge. We should maybe put want. person on the edge. Maybe that's sure. better. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Person on the edge. I have no problem with that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just trying to look for that. Like there are some that that skirt that line pretty closely. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel that they're truer, like realer, so to speak. Yeah, so, yeah. Okay, I've, I've, trust me, I have seen people experience that story. <laughs> There's one in particular, nothing to this degree, but I've seen very similar yeah. types of things. So whatever that edge is, there's right. tons of choices. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I like it. It's, it's, we've done a ton of superheroes. Another superhero film is coming out, but there's no... There is no superhero in it. There's no, right. The Batman doesn't show up as far as I know. And I don't want to know. I don't want to know any spoilers. I don't know you know yeah. anything about it. I, I haven't seen watching, it yet. So yeah. I stopped watching trailers. Yeah. I don't get any updates. I don't know what the script's about. I know nothing. I haven't read one review. Me either. I've seen some people tweet about it, but um, I've tried really hard not to read those tweets so that okay. I can go in completely fresh mentally to enjoy the film as myself without being influenced of any, by anything else. Okay. So that's the, the goal of my, on my end. And, yeah, and, me too. I don't want to know diddly yeah. before I go. And it's, yeah, and they haven't, uh, they haven't had a lot of screenings for this thing. Or the, uh, the people they're inviting, 
they're being really, really selective of who they're inviting. So, um, so I, I don't make the cut. I think I don't make the cut because I didn't like Aquaman pretty vocally on Twitter, and it became a big deal. I sincerely doubt you, you that think? that was the okay. reason that Maybe you right. didn't get it. I think they know they have some gold on their hands. Yeah. So by limiting the amount of people that can see it early on, because they don't expect to do as big as a superhero. No. Film. Right. Exactly. It's a smaller film, but they're generating buzz of like, what is this? Everybody's saying yeah. from early festivals, this, this thing is, great. is yeah, fantastic. Yeah. And now they're holding it back. So it makes me want it even more. Yeah. It, it worked on me. I'm hooked. You're, you're down to do this. I'm upset that I can't see it Thursday night and I have to wait till Friday. Oh, fair point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, but, so, it's like, okay, how, how can we skin this cat a different way? <laughs> what about somebody that's pushed to the brink? Yeah. They're right, and that's what Joker is. He's a someone that's kind of teetering on the edge yeah. and gets pushed over and kind of gleeful in that chaos. Now, I'm not looking for that specifically, but someone right. that makes that choice. Yeah. And, uh. Yeah, it's a ton of interesting movies. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to add a couple others, but I was like, ah, they don't. They, you know, there is a pivot. I'm, I'm not going to deny you of that, but mm-hmm. it's not as effective. And some, uh, it's just like, I really enjoy the pivot so much. That's why it ranks this high. Right. It's an interesting list. Yeah. I was surprised by some of the things that came up and then how my list kind of came together in terms of the ranking. Because mm-hmm. I found it was more than just... Um, respecting the film as a piece of cinema, it was also about like how many times do I rewatch this thing, or how many times do I watch it, okay. and like when I'm flipping channels, do I stop to watch it? Uh, and that kind of affected the ranking a little bit. So I was pretty surprised about some of the stuff that kind of ended up where they ended up. So, um, all right, uh, do you want to jump into it, man? Or do you have yeah. You want to say? Uh, once we set a topic, we go our individual ways and create personal top ten. Let's show back up here. I do my bottom three. He does his bottom three. I do my next two. He does his next two. Then we trade one apiece. Once we have revealed our personal top ten list, we create the shows between the two of us. Boom. Um, so I'll just start at number ten. Yeah, please do. I put it at ten for a very specific reason, but it's Full Metal Jacket. Ooh, interesting choice. Because he's not the main character. He's not. But that is a he gets the you see him at the ledge early Absolutely. on, and he fucking fully jumps off. Yeah, and because it's such a dramatic jumping off of the ledge, right? That's why it merits being a number ten. Okay, I think it's a fantastic film. I like this one. I know that you like most people like half of it. Yes, and it takes a weird disjointed jump eight years or six years ahead in the future. Type yes, thing. yeah. Um, may not be that much, but it's years in the future. And I understand that, but I think it's just showing two different facets of war when we've seen we've seen so many Vietnam movies. Yeah. But going in with the fifties idealism and that is literally beaten out of you. And then you see the disaffected world on the other side. Right. Uh but piles I mean, the mania that D'Onofrio has in his eyes. Yeah. In that late night shot that dude is I mean, he's jumped off the cliff and he's staring into the abyss. Mm-hmm. He's already dead. Yeah. That's really good acting. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with you there. It's amazing that, you know, he on some level can move on to different parts of my mind because of the the haunting mania that he conjured in that. Mm-hmm. I could easily associate that with with him solely. Yeah. But he's an excellent enough actor that he's gone on to show all these other facets. He can do something like Men in Black, which is oh, yeah. comedic. It, but he pulls it off beautifully mm-hmm. and then pivot back and he could be Kingpin or he could right. be... The guy's a damn good actor. Yep. I can um, 
Law and Order Criminal Intent. He's so good at that, as that character. Never saw a second of it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. He's so good as that character. So good in that show. Well, you had special victims came out like the same season. <sighs> and then there's the regular Law and Order. Yeah. And was there a fourth? There had to be a fourth. There was a Law and Order LA. And there is a Law and Order UK, which is great. The Law and Order UK is fucking fantastic. Okay. Um, Law and Order is good. I don't like SVU. SVU, a lot of people overacting in that damn show. We watched an episode last night because m- my girlfriend loves SVU. We watched. I was pointing out all the terrible acting from some of the char- some of the main characters, and I don't mean Jessica Hargitay. She's great, or Maloney. They're great, but you know, I don't. You know, Ice T is not a good actor. Like he's a decent actor. He's not a good actor. He. I don't know how someone who overstresses every fucking word they speak is. He's acting, you know? Um, but there, we watched one of the later episodes when this dude from New York comes in. He's a younger cop, but he talks like this all the time. Hey, what? Hey, tell us where were you uh, on Friday night? What are you doing? How's your pizza parlor? How's your, how's your family? Wait. And I'm like, ugh. That thing is a fucking sausage factory, though. They've got to make 20-something of those. Yeah, 20, yeah, 22, 24, yeah, something like that. Yeah. So they're just, yeah. eh. We got to crank these that rip from the headlines. That's because you guys couldn't think of <laughs> how to have someone try and disguise a robbery <laughs> as a double fucking homicide. Right, right. Uh, for the umpteenth millionth time. <laughs> but it was driving me nuts watching that man. Apparently, he was a cop for, uh, he was a main cop detective, rather, for like two seasons on, three seasons on the show. That accent is driving me insane. I know it's a New York accent. But it's so accentuated that I'm like, yeah, please stop. Just stop it. You know, Jerry Orbach had a great New York accent. Uh, Benjamin Bratt had a nice New York accent. Uh, Jesse L. Martin was good in the show. Sure. Paul Sorvino was on that damn show. Full-on New York Italian motherfucker. He was great on the show. Farina was on the show. He's Chicago, I know. But he was still good on the show. Yes, Imperioli. Was on- he was on Lone Order. He played for like a, a few, uh, for like a, either a few, one season or a few months of a season he was on. Anthony Anderson was on the show, like as one of the yeah, main that was cops. way later. Yeah, that was right at the end. Yeah, uh, so uh, I, I saw enjoyed. the Orbach years. I saw the Ben Bratt. Orbach's and his great. Previous partner before Ben Bratt. Yeah, George Zun. Oh, who Orbach's partner before? With the, he had a Chris partner. Noth. You mean Chris yeah. Noth? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before Noth, it was Noth and Zunza who were together at the beginning. Okay. Yeah, those uh, as the lifers. But yeah, the guy was like, oh my and god. Then, uh, Sam Waterston. Yeah, as the a DA. As the DA. Yeah, Moriarty being the first DA. And then it pivoted to uh, what's her name that married a football player that went on to yeah uh, Jason Seahorn Isles yeah Rizzoli and Isles Rizzoli and Isles yeah yeah yeah. Angela Harmon Angie Harmon yes okay yes the pseudo kind of Sandra Bullock looking actress yeah Yeah. kinda yeah yeah but this guy I almost wanted to watch another episode just to see him like so what time did you come home to find a body and I was like it was so bad. Anyway, all right, what's your, what's your number nine, man? Uh, nine is The Game with Kirk Douglas. Oh, good choice. The Game. The Game. With Michael Douglas. Or Michael Douglas. Did you see, see the, the original? This is a f- you never knew that? Ah, oh, dude, this is a reboot. <laughs> they were trying to make a franchise out of Kirk's earlier. Really good. Uh, it's Robert Mitchum and Kirk Douglas. <laughs> yeah. With uh, Ronald Fincher directed, oh, David's father. Right, right, Ronald Fincher. The great uh, he Ronald was great. Fincher. Best friends with John Houston. And they got him in. They're like, you know what? You should do a movie. <laughs> you know so they came back old. all these years later. Sean Penn's uh, grandpa was in it. Yes, yes. Um, I could see that. <laughs> Good choice, man. Well, I mean, it's literally, he is pushed to the edge. Yeah. Purposefully. 
by yes. his brother to in, wake him up in this fucked up birthday present. Yeah. Yeah. Which ultimately when you see the transformation for him, yeah. kind of needed it. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. It's a little too pampered. And with the whole time of like, what about the taxi cab? Like we had divers. Mm-hmm. You were fine. Those were blanks. This was this. Like, hey, fuck it. <laughs> what did this cost? Yeah. This yeah, is ridiculous. I think there was a cost. Oh, there was. There was a bill at the end and Sean yeah. Payton had to sign it and it had to be some astronomical figure. Like how many? Seven figures for sure. Yeah. For sure. Guaranteed. Yeah, yeah. Because they have like a staff of 80 to 100 people and they've got actors and mm-hmm. they've got fake offices and they've got SWAT teams that come in and fucking stunt this and scuba teams and just like, oh my God. Can you imagine, man? That's a fucked up gift. I love that. I think that would be a brilliant thing to do to somebody. That'd be well. It has to be a specific somebody that it would work for. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You have to get them where they don't question what's happening or they don't understand what the hell's going on. I would say more so the outcome is the most fruitful. That's the only reason uh, to do it. Yeah. Because you could easily kill somebody, like heart attack. Yeah. Someone that is you know Mike Douglas's age in that. Right. Is in the heart attack zone. You're in the early parts of it, but you're still in that. Yeah. Just like I am now, just like you are. Like possibility and that percentage goes up with time. Yeah. Absolutely. And other things. Whatever terrible things I've done to my body that have now <laughs> Oh, you're the one that put the chink in the armor on this side. So at some point this could be faulty. And you're like, fuck. Good job. Good job, guy. Yeah. Was it worth it? Sometimes it was. More often than not, it was not. <laughs> That's life. Yeah. True. Um it's just it's an interesting psychological thriller that has a lot of action elements, but ultimately it's just about the psychological aspect of it. Yeah, and what he goes through, and you know how you view that. Would this be something that you need to hear? It's like a basically a hang in there kitty, mm-hmm. but a vindictive version of that. It's <laughs> good. I like that. Yeah, Fincher and Fincher does a great job directing. And this was when Fincher was like full super on new in his prime, man. Yeah, but it, it, oh, was, so yeah, super new, right? This is seven. Yeah, right, around, that right around that time. Yeah. Yeah. Right around in that time. So yeah. we were still kind of getting a gauge of who he was. Yes, yes. And he puts out another product that is beautifully shot. Cinematography is great. The yeah. way he frames things is super interesting. Mm-hmm. Pacing's excellent. Uh, you know, it doesn't have the more eye-catching ca- of like a seven type of aspect right. to it. You know, right. serial killer based on the seven of the sins. That's going to get a lot of different eyeballs and whatnot. Right. And discussion. Uh, but the game is excellent. So anyway, that was my number nine. Okay. What's your number eight? Number eight is uh, another Douglas. Oh. Fatal Attraction. Oh, nice choice. I now, don't, but wait a minute. You could say that. Okay, well, go ahead. I would go say ahead. it's from her. Who Who's who's uh, pushed to the edge? Glenn Close. You think she's pushed to the edge? I think she starts at the edge. The thing is. <laughs> That's for sure. Well, this is the case where I excluded another movie because I was like, well, I know that she's crazy before that. Oh, okay. But it's so over the top, which is misery. I don't know if it makes your list. Yeah, no, it's not on the list. Because she, you know. She's crazy. It, the eccentricities of the character. Whereas when she gets introduced to Douglas, mm-hmm. it just seems like a chance encounter. Yeah. And there's a little spark of chemistry, and he's been married for nine years. Right. So he's beyond the seven-year itch, and he's looking for, you know. Uh, a little fun. Yeah, just a little spark. A weekend fun. Exactly. And yeah. his wife goes out of town and it happens to all – it's like it – you could say it's cliche that all these things happen, but it's also – that's life sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Just the way it worked out and she happened to be called in. That's why she was at this party. Yeah. She didn't realize it was a work thing and then you see her the next day and this leads to this and this and this. And then they have a dalliance and that dalliance leads to 
one of the two people just going Looney Tunes. Yeah. Just fucking Looney Tunes. And I have heard horror stories from – I've dated some girls that are nuts. Mm-hmm. But to this degree, I got a couple buddies that have stories that I can't come close to topping. Oh, yeah. Close to this level, like almost been killed type of, you know, bullshit. Yeah. I will tell you the truth. I Yeah, I've dated a couple of girls that were, you know, kind of like – yeah, out there. Because when, when you're younger, you kind of and you have a certain mentality. You kind of like the drama, like it brings you back. The craziness of the drama brings you back. Well, and the craziness of something else brings me back. Well, well, sure, that too. That's what brought me back at that age. That's fair. And then too. eventually, I feel I just realized sometimes that flame is too you know hot for me. Of course, you get burn. You burn yourself. So I had a buddy. Yeah, and he loved it. So I always got you know basically if. She had so Looney Tunes went with Looney Tunes, yeah. And then if uh, she had uh, as part of her group of friends, somebody's a little bit less, more on my frequency. Boom, I can help him. He can help me. He can deflect the crazy, and I can go with the nowhere near as Looney Tunes as that one. But when she falls in love so quickly, yeah, I yes. Oh right, I've seen the pivot of that. I've seen dudes fall in love. Over oh, yeah. nothing. Yeah. We become super obsessed and mm-hmm. just like, ah, pining over. And it's just, you know, yeah. it's like, dude, you're fucking nuts. Right oh, there's now. certainly dudes who are crazy and fall into yeah. that as well. It goes both ways. Oh, yeah. It absolutely does go both ways. That's why this ways. movie, you know, it goes over the top with the bunny yeah. and all that. Yeah. Uh, and the showing up to the house and knife and self harming and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But self harming, I've heard of. Well, taking the kid to the, taking the, kid the, to the roller coaster. Park. Oh, my God. Yeah. Right. Like it's a, that's a lot. That's a, it is the equivalent to what I heard of Jarhead from my Marine friends. None of them really liked it because they're like, "This is a collection of every. This is the best of of all the stories I've ever heard." Oh, greatest Marines. hits, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." So this and then this and like not all of it, but just right. like this little interlude here and this little interlude. So the guy took all the best stories that he heard while yeah. he was in the, the Marines and then put them all in one. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. That's good storytelling. True. But to them, it's just like it felt a little over the top because I've heard all these stories. Right, right. But really, they all happened to this guy? <laughs> it's pretty incredible that the lore lives on 15 years later whenever that – Right. Because it was Gulf War and then they were in the early 2000s or something when I lived in San Diego. Yeah. So it's that. Fatal Attraction is a collection of a lot of – Yeah, that uh, those yeah. experiences. Taking yeah. the kid, just yeah. killing the pet, showing up to the home, showing up for the – Calling. The, the the apartment, yes. selling it. Yeah, like this is a lot of crazy. Right, and then like negotiating, like you know, I'll be fine. It's cool, whatever. And then changing the mind and all this kind of stuff, and then turning you into the bad yeah. guy, lashing I, out. Yeah, exactly. I thought we had agreed, blah blah blah, and it's like no, there's a, something else going on here. Too. No, I know you love me. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oof, those were the days, man. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, where are we at here? Your, Your 10. My 10. Let me see where I put it. All right. My number 10 um, is Hamlet, the uh, okay, Bill the Gibson, Gibson version. Yeah, because sure. everything get, he gets pushed to the edge uh, because of, obviously, the murder of his father, um, his girlfriend uh, being encouraged by her father not to be with him anymore, sure. his mom marrying his uncle, him finding out from his father's ghost that his uncle killed him, his father. And then his own um, inability to just take revenge, so to struggle with his own, um, just his own shortcomings as a man, uh, being unable to step up to the plate and take revenge until eventually he does. But in one of the most like 
this is you went all the way around to get to this place instead of going through the straight line. Yeah, you thought you'd take the scenic route to get to the eventual de- destination that you could have gone if you had just taken the straight route there. Um, you know, and so to me, Hamlet is definitely one of those characters that is pushed to the edge to do what he does, and then, uh, spoiler alert, dies for it. Yes, in the end, and, and so that in that way, I think the story is great for that as well. The he commits so many sins; he has to eventually atone, uh, pay for them, and does so at the end. And he is atone; he is redeemed in the end because of his death. I, yep. <laughs> How do you fight with Hamlet? I didn't. I didn't even uh, use a poison me. tip. I think what I, I guess just because it's, it's Hamlet, right? Type right. of thing. Right, right, right. But he certainly pushed the edge. You know, yeah, sure. He's railing at God. Full on. Yeah, yeah. And it has that battle with his mom. All right. So my number nine, and this is a shock to me, bro. It fell all the way down here. Is falling down. Really? Yeah. That's a punt. Okay. Fair enough. Just look at all these. I was like, which ones do I enjoy watching the most? And falling down. I sure. I don't enjoy it as much. Uh, so I, I don't, but I enjoy the movie. I just don't enjoy it as much. So then my number eight is the gray. Okay. Yeah. Because he's pushed to the edge and try, he's already like sure. suicidal at the beginning of the movie. Right. So, so he's already been pushed to the edge by his life. Right. And then the plane crash happens and now the wolves are coming after. Yeah. It's man versus nature. Right. Nature's pushing him to the edge. And w- right. One by one, this un earthly pack of wolves that is hunting them one by one mm-hmm. is pushing him to the edge and it is symbolic of his own demons uh that he has to battle and uh all these defenses have to be stripped away before he can finally confront this thing that he wants to that he needs to confront and okay. so the symbolism of it all too is he's pushed to the edge until finally he has to fight back he has to do something and in that last those last few minutes of the movie you know he's wrapping the broken bottles into his hand he's wrapping the stuff in his both his hands he's ready to go and he's remembering that moment with his dad and that fucking poem but that's him that's to me that's uh, 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 Liam Neeson's character being pushed to the absolute edge there in a frozen wilderness taking on these wolves who knows what's going to happen uh, but he is uh, in that moment now willing Still, to do it can't you say that about every action film because it, to me the, the mm, part one? of to the pushing someone to the edge is that they have to basically they lose their mind and they come out the other side on some level mm-hmm. and this is just him it's, it's self-preservation Oh right, but he's but this is a such he's pushed a, to his physical and mortal edge and mental edge. I would say too, because I mean, who, okay, I just was looking for that Joker like pivot or the you know who prepares for a, a fucking um, the wolves. Oh, you mean because you want him to go crazy? Well, to me, being pushed to the edge yeah. ultimately is about being pushed to the psychological edge uh-huh. to where then you know you kind of snap. Well, don't, you don't think he snaps at the end where he goes, fuck it, I'm just going to stop and I'm going to fight these wolves. I think and he, he realizes essentially suicide. He has no choice. He's going to die one way or the other. So mm-hmm. I might as well die fighting as opposed to die running. Okay. So to me, it's more the. Isn't Edge fight or flight, though? I guess. I just didn't. I was interpreting yeah. it as like if you're pushed to the edge, to me, ultimately, that's the psychological edge. Yeah. Uh, because pushed to the f- physical edge is a different. Yeah, yeah, but I don't think he's pushed to the physical edge necessarily. I think he's pushed to the mental edge because and look, there are moments where he starts crying. There are moments where he's like, a, you know, kind of all this kind of stuff. And okay. it, it's bringing up all the stuff where he was going to kill himself. So it's all like being brought up for him 
uh, and the stuff with his dad, the you know, because he keeps remembering how his father treated him, and he keeps mm-hmm. remembering the loss of his wife to cancer. So all of that is working in his brain. Of like, that's why he wants to kill himself at the beginning of the movie. He doesn't see value in his life. And then when this crash happens and he's trying to take care of these guys, but they're all getting picked off one by one, he is like everything is falling away from him. Once again, people are dying around him. So I feel like he's being pushed to the edge. Okay. All right. That's my defense. It's, yep. And your choice. <laughs> right. As what, is your right. What's your number seven? Uh, my number seven is network. Uh, a slight punt. Okay. Yeah. What's your number six? Six might be another punt. Prisoners. Okay, I didn't put it on my list. Just for Hugh Jack, he goes from normal, mild-mannered man. Good point, man. To he fucking full-on snaps, and now we are not... This is feral. Yeah. This is boiled down the essence of man, of my civility and morality, and me being above, you know, my evolutionary cousins. Yeah. Is completely gone. And, right, I will tear you limb from limb. Yeah. I will do whatever it takes. Where's my fucking daughter? Like... Dude, that dude has lost his goddamn mind. <laughs> and, you know, it's you see it and you're like, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. It makes a lot of fucking sense. Yeah. Uh, and to me, that was a great illustration of somebody who's doing it for altruistic reasons. Mm-hmm. And he is right. Yeah. But there is no evidence to support his assumption. Yeah. Outside of this dude. The best he can figure out is that dude happened to be in that area when he shouldn't be. Now he pieces together with that necklace or whatnot mm-hmm. and finds the priest that had been drinking yeah. and the dude that he held on to, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I don't want to, I guess, ruin it if somebody hasn't seen it, but yeah. I mean, Hugh Jackman is fully unhinged. I only recently saw this one. Oh, yeah? Uh, yeah, like a few months ago. We were talking about it for a list and you mentioned it and I was like, I gotta watch this once and for all. And it was incredible, Dude, man. Paul Dano's great. Oh, God, he is. Jalen Hall's great. Jalen Hall is great. Terrence Howard's good in the movie. Like, um, and then when you and Melissa Lee, and when you find out what the situation is, yeah. oh my god! And the the choice he makes, yes, it's fucking, it's heart wrenching because yeah. he doesn't have to make that choice. It's already the deed's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you're good to go. <laughs> you don't have to pay a penance, but perhaps he believes he does because of what he just did. Yeah. yeah. Although the ends justify the means, because ultimately he was born out correct. So I yeah. would assume that he feels no guilt for that. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So anyway. All right. Uh, my number seven is uh, Thelma and Louise. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good call. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, you know. They're pushed they, straight they to the edge. They literally go over the edge. But, like, they're trying to figure out the world, and the world keeps fucking them over every step they take. Um, and, of course, Jean has a bit unhinged. Uh, her character's a little bit unhinged. Uh, Susan Sarandon is trying to keep her like control, but she's got other stuff going on too. So, you know, um, they're both have a certain thing that they're negotiating. And of course, in a, in a man's world and how they're being mistreated and the, the rape that happens and with the stuff with Brad Pitt and then, um, you know, being chased down by Harvey Keitel and Michael mm-hmm. Madsen and all this stuff that gets involved in the situation to push them to that ultimate moment where they go, well, this is a symbolic decision by us to end our lives because it's our last um, – um, how can I say it? It's a last empowering moment that we can decide what we are going to do with our lives and our bodies. And we're going over the edge because no man is going to tell us what to do anymore. We are going to decide that we're going to kill ourselves as a defiant move. Yeah. And I think it's fantastic. Um, and so that's why I would say that. See, I've – 
for whatever reason, though, this to me makes more sense for this as opposed to the gray. And once you break it down, it's like, well, they make a lot of the same choices. Mm. Yeah. Um, so he is that, I, he in essence is killing himself. He does. He just makes he's standing up to fight, and they're like, you're in essence. Uh, I don't care if you want the fight or not. Like I'm making the choice. Yeah. Right. Right. If the fight would be satisfying for you, uh, but no. I think this is way of, their way of fighting back. Like you're never going to get to yeah. see us again. Boom. Um, you know, that um, is brilliant. Uh, all right. Um, then my number six. Right, we're up to my number six. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a wonderful life. Okay. okay. Yeah. Okay. Because George is pushed to the edge throughout the whole movie. He wants to go and travel. He wants to see the world. But his father dies, so he has to take over the building alone. Yes. His brother comes back, and he's fucking married, that selfish cocksucker. And now I have to stay and take care of them because you know I'm a good person. I'm not going to make you take over the building alone with your wife who's offering you a better job at wherever that factory is that her dad has. Mm -hmm. So now I have to stay here. Um, Mary is growing up. She comes back. I get really mad. I said, I don't want to want any, you know, and Sam Wainwright's all successful. And here I am stuck. I could have been Sam Wainwright, but I'm stuck in this goddamn town, taking over this broken down building alone. And yes, I find Mary. We get together. We fall in love. We have kids. But what happens? Uh, I, I have Potter constantly breathing down my fucking neck, trying to take away people from me, trying to, like, corrupt this town. And I have to be the only person that stands in front of him. And then eventually, my stupid fucking Uncle Billy who I've been trying to keep in this job so it doesn't end up like a homeless idiot on the streets, um, gives away the money in some stupid moment of trying to be better than Potter and fucks us entirely. And I'm in this, and I get pushed this moment where I'm going to kill myself. Then an angel comes and saves me and then gives me my wish of thinking uh, that I randomly say about having my life without anybody. and like It'd be better if they didn't know me. And then I see how worse everyone's life is without me to the point where... I nobody recognizes me and I can't reconnect with anybody. And the one person who always loved me through everything, Mary, even Mary abandons me. And in that last moment, because she doesn't know who I am Mm -hmm. in that last moment, when you see Jimmy Stewart's like mania at Mary screaming for Mary, um, he is pushed to the ultimate edge, ends up punching the cop, runs all the way back away. Uh, and then cries to God and to Clarence that he wants his life back. And that is pushed to the edge, man. Okay. I'm just saying. I uh, that, that is definitely, without a doubt, pushed to the edge. <laughs> it is. He, I mean, he was basically on the verge of suicide, which is this is a Christmas movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and some consider the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Uh, it's in the discussion. Yeah. It still holds up all these years later. It, I love it. I watch it at least three or four times a year, at uh, least. That seems excessive. Uh, please, I used to watch it more than that when it would be on the, you know, when, when they didn't have the rights for it. Like NBC didn't like they were. What do they call the, the rights when they're I, ever, see? I don't believe you have this public kind of domain time in your schedule. You find time for this and watch it. Hogan's Heroes. You're searching <laughs> that out, and you're searching out. Well, to be fair, I'm not working during Christmas. We get the break. Yeah, but you're saying like three, four times a year, which we, you're cramming that all in Christmas time? Yeah, only Christmas time. I, only, I never watch it unless it's Christmas. Dude, we've got to get you out in the sun. What? <laughs> what are you talking about? What am I talking about? You're in here all day? I'm, I'm, I have a darker complexion. You probably do. Uh, right now. Um, <laughs> just saying. I respect that. Man. So even at Christmas, 
it's still Los Angeles, so it's probably going to be about 68 degrees outside. Yeah, at least. You can still go out and suck in some of that vitamin D. Sure. And then uh, <laughs> go right back to, you know, it's, it's a wonderful life. Oh, man. When I was younger, I used to watch it 10, 20 times during Christmas. Like, it would, if it, because it would be on all the channels, because mm-hmm. it was a public domain film for a long time. And it wasn't until recently that NBC bought the rights to it, so you have to lease it out of NBC to get the rights. Really? Yeah, before that, you could watch it on like Channel 54. I thought 54. once it went public domain, it can't be – the rights can't be bought. Yeah, I don't know how it went about, but like uh, – because I know growing up, you could watch it on Channel 2, Channel 54, Channel – it would be on at the same time. You could watch it on all those – this was before cable when you could just watch it on the you know the secondary mm-hmm. dial. Um, so I would watch it on all these multiple channels all the time. You know, It would be on all the time. Now and NBC, I don't know how many how many years ago they bought it, but they bought the rights to it. So now they decide when it shows and they lease it out. Well, perhaps on television. That's what I mean on television. I'm sorry. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, I, I know nothing of that. Yeah. So there's I, apparently a 4K version coming soon too of It's a Wonderful Life. So I'll be buying that. Of course, you have to buy that. I, I need to buy because you need to see 4K of black and white images. Listen, it's got to be clean. I'm pretty sure it's probably clean enough in Blu-ray. What else are you gonna do? How, what, what line needs to be crisper on this? I've said my piece. Just saying, invest invest wisely. You know what? This doesn't need to be updated. It's perfectly fine. You're not watching it for the visuals, so to speak. Well, it's always nice to see the visuals. It is always nice to see the visuals. <laughs> but increased clarity of Jimmy Stewart. It's not, it's not like now where when you see high def and you see like, oh, dude, you – yeah, like space and shit. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, not even. It's like you see a person's face and be like, man, you must have had like a tough teenage year. <laughs> you start seeing acne scars and whatnot. Oh, HD yeah, is not true. kind. No, it is not. But we can't get that definition retroactively Oops, sorry. Yeah. with those films. So yeah. what is the definition that you're increasing? What, is, what, what does that do? <laughs> All right. Adding more pixels to recreate the fuzzy image? Congratulations. You've said your piece, man. you said your point. I'm just saying. <laughs> All right. What's your number five? Uh, five is uh, falling down. Okay, so the pun from earlier. All right, yeah. fair enough. It was the first one that came to mind when we said, "Yeah, me too, me too." We might even use that as the example when we we're spitballing ideas. Falling down, you know, you know, man on the edge, like falling down. Yeah, like falling down. Yeah. So because it's so central to how I viewed this topic, it's like, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be on this list somewhere. Yeah. You know, decent amount. Uh, yeah, it's Kirk Douglas just having a shit day. Yeah, man. Just one thing after another. You know, some people have been like pushing back against the film saying it's not really like him on the edge because you find out later he was pretty much – when the Barbara Hershey stuff comes up and they have that con- – like he was pretty much uh, unstable to begin with. Yeah. But I but I think that's how it is. Stay, there's a lot of probably unstable people who never go over the edge because things just kind of keep working out in a certain way for them to stay on the track. Mm-hmm. Um, with Michael Douglas in the movie, it's a combination of things, his frustration with the world. And I challenge a lot of people not to feel sympathy or connection with him through ma- the majority of the first part of the movie when he's railing against all the overcharging and the people who are rude to him and all this kind of stuff. Who doesn't want to fight back against people like yeah. that? And it, it's, it is until the turn happens that you realize, oh, uh, he's got this possession uh, – this uh, uh, um, uh, what do you call this? Custody, custody situation with yeah. his wife and all this stuff, and then you start to discover everything that's happening there. So yeah, that's that's uh, yeah. Just how a bunch of small things. Th- we all have days where nothing oh, goes sure. your way. Oh sure. And if that, you know, every once and again, you see someone see a story about somebody just freaking out, mm. 
and they are normal their entire rest of their lives, but they just had a day where their brain could not process all the shit that was being heaped on them. Yeah. Um, so now his character, it may have just been like a ticking time bomb. This could be happening at any right, point. Right, right, right. Whereas other individuals, just like it was the worst day. Because I had days where just nothing seems to go right, and you almost feel manic on some level. Yeah, yeah. It's just like the mother, mother, and it's <laughs> right when you got one dick out of your mouth, another one's boom right in your mouth, and you're like mother fucker. <laughs> it's just we've all had those days. Uh, okay. Now I'm just saying. Life, life is not kind on, at times. Metaphorically, you mean that dick going? Oh yeah, yeah, metaphorically. Okay, okay. okay. You couldn't pay me enough. That's anything wrong with that? For the actual, not that there's anything wrong with <laughs> right, that. Right, right, right. You know, to each their own. <laughs> to each their own, exactly. If that is your idea of a good time, and hey, you're not hurting anybody. Knock then yourself out. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. Enjoy it. God bless the United States of America. America. Yeah, don't give two f's. <laughs> I don't know why I decided to clean up at that point, sure. but sure. You know, we all draw arbitrary lines in the sand. That's right. But to, yeah, him. It just when he gets to that uh, fast food restaurant. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that's when it really crystallizes. Yeah. Because there are times at which he almost feels he's kind of petty. Mm-hmm. And that one, you know, memory serves. Feels for, very deserved. For me, it's in the surplus store that you see. The oh church. yeah, he's dealing with the yeah, with Forest. The guy that's a weekend warrior, kind of. But it, yeah. he's living it. But it right. may have never actually done it. Which I think is ironic because because uh, it's so similar to Forrest's character in Apocalypse Now. That I think it's it's great to see the connection there. Okay. Um, uh, but yeah, in that moment, you're like, oh, this is where the turn starts to slowly happen, where it becomes a danger, right? When he's walking through the golf course as a fuck you to the guys playing golf in the middle of the fucking day and uh, all of that. You, I just love it. And then when the turn when the turn happens, you're just like, ah, oh, damn it. Damn it. But mm-hmm. it's also understandable. It's like, no, this is a real thing you have to confront. Guys yeah. like this exist, you know? So, yeah. Uh, what do you got at five? Uh, Network, which is a pun from earlier okay. for you. Yeah. Uh, I rediscovered the love of this movie um, because of Steve do- and I doing it on the cinephiles. I had always been like – because everybody had been pushing me to see this. This is one of those movies that I did not watch for decades because I was like, ah, it doesn't look that interesting. Uh, and then I watched it the first time and I was like, all right, I get it. But watching it this time, and especially with the advent of the idea of fake news – and the network stuff and the media and oh. Trump and everything, this is a perfect topical movie to watch nowadays. Ned Beatty's speech oh my is one of the best God. in movie history. Yeah. In movie history. Everybody gravitates towards the I'm mad as hell. Yeah, right, 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 right. And there's nothing wrong with that because that is a sentimentality that we can all identify with. Sure. And would pair it back. Yeah. Like, yes, I am mad as hell. None of this makes sense. The, you know, we're singing that tune today. It just has different lyrics. Yeah. But it's a tale as old as time. We will continue to say that. We're always going to be upset with the way things are. Yeah. Um, and to see Ned Beatty just break down of why, even in your little revolt, it helps me mm-hmm. type of thing. It only drives my ratings, increases my profits. But it's not about countries. It's about corporations. Yeah. And that was 35, 40 years ago. And now it's full on. Mm-hmm. Unless you're one of a handful of countries, it's about corporations. There's very few countries that can stand up to the world's largest petrochemical companies or any of the massive, you know, uh, industrial military complex. Those guys have a nice amount of sway because of the sheer number of jobs they create, but the weapons they create. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How much they make is bigger than the GDP of how many countries. Yeah. That's a good point. 
<laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Here's they have these private compounds and these just ma- – I mean uh, it's it's – so to see this from all these years ago, that's what sticks with me. Mm-hmm. The other is is excellent. But seeing him break down <laughs> capitalism and how it inflicts its will on people, oh, man. I know. It hurts. It does. Remember we could make these movies in the 70s? Like I, I wish we could do more of these movies you nowadays. Now, but you have to it's do it on a $10 million budget. You're right. And you have to put it on uh, Netflix or Amazon mm-hmm. or something, you know. Um, but yeah, it, that's a, that's what I love about the movie, and of course the acting with uh, Finch and Faye Dunaway and their relationship, uh, and William Holden. I'm sorry, William Holden and Faye Dunaway and their relationship, and of course Peter Finch and what he has to go through, because he is his rebellion is also born out of a fuck it. It's not born out of some principled moment. Yeah, it's, no, he's it's frustrated. A, and... It's a selfish thing where he's being moved out because he's an old guy. They don't want to use him anymore, mm-hmm. and so he stumbles into this thing. And I always, when I watch the movie, I always be like, is, is his fainting shit real or is it staged for effect? Oh. And I'm always questioning that, man. Well, like, that's a sign of a good actor, though. Right, it's true. It's true. Because the camera is always on him when he faints. So they know he's going to do this crazy shit. Um, and then he, but, but also what it says about our, our news culture and our news societies, because Faye Dunaway is essentially what every network is doing now the hunting of the ratings the sensationalism of it all yeah wanting to put uh people who uh like uh, who are militants onto uh television for the ratings right they would yeah. normally get would not get any kind of airtime people are not watching news anymore we need to do this in order to make it possible yeah. nightcrawler yeah yeah exactly nightcrawler if it bleeds it leads right um, you say the Ned Beatty's for me, the scene with the um, I think it's, a, it's the Black Liberation Movement when they're in the uh, in, in the room. Oh, I don't remember the name of it. Maybe yeah, it is the yeah. Black Liberation. I think. And they're in the room and, and she's like, don't fuck with my distribution that it tells you that even the rebellion groups who are supposedly pure are also all about how much can they make off their movements. And you're like, not even that is fucking escapes capitalism. Well, it just you know, it depends on who's the captain of that ship, right? Uh, she was a captain. She wanted that money. She wanted to negotiate the contract, get as much money as possible. Unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, yeah, man. Uh, I see it nowadays all the time with these movements and these leaders that supposedly are, uh, are without uh, blemish. Ridiculous. All right, uh, any in particular you want to attack right now? No, you no, know? no. Okay. Do we want to set up an enemies list? You know, the top ten officially hates is. Oh. Just boom, yeah. what, what, who you got? I know I'm not going to say, but I don't. I don't want to get involved. Nothing. In nothing. Kim Jong Un. Uh, sure. Come out against. Sure. 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 That seems sure. fair. That seems safe. Nothing closer to home. Nothing uh, stateside here. Nope. Not really. What about that uh, that televangelist from uh, not long ago that said he couldn't fly commercially because it's full of demons? Oh, got, that guy. Yeah, that was like what. How long ago was that? That was a few months ago. Yeah, but wasn't the clip from? No, no, the clip was recent. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I was on like Inside Edition or something, a show that I thought, mm. or Current Affair, yeah. a show that I thought was long gone. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know it still, still existed. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, yeah, this, to see the mania in that dude's eyes. Yeah. That dude is just wackadoodle. Super nuts. And oh. Jim Baker, I, I tuned in oh, and yeah, watched a bunch of his clips. But yeah, but he's got a new thing. Oh, he does? And he sells uh, when the four horsemen of the apocalypse come and whatnot, and there's uh, yeah, hell on earth and all that. Yeah. But there's that, that purgatorial time of the people that didn't get taken immediately to heaven. 
and they exist here. Right. So the rapture. Yeah, the rapture. Here's here's a three-year supply of mac and cheese and like these five-gallon plastic tubs. Here's mashed potatoes for nine months. Wow. Yeah. And they make it up and they make these big slops and he tries it. But then they talk about end of day shit and people come on with big smiles on their face and be like, yeah, that's why you should buy the pancakes. I mean, this lasts for two years. Look how amazing this looks. Anyway, so Trump is amazing and Obama's the devil. And, you know, it's probably not Obama anymore. It's Nancy Pelosi. Sure. It's whoever the case is. Was, yeah. But just, you know, preying on people's worst fears. Yeah. And it's it is disgusting. It's like, how are you allowed to do this? That's why I should never be allowed to be president. I will stop all that shit. Why wouldn't why wouldn't that be a good thing? I'd burn it all to the ground, man. All that shit wouldn't allow it on television. Well, maybe you don't go to Tecumseh Sherman on it. That's know? what I'm just saying. That's, that's why I shouldn't be president. I put those people in jail. Sure. In jail. No trial. Right to jail. Well, it's, you know, a dictatorship and good luck to you. That's what I'm saying. You've lost my support. It's a benevolent dictatorship, though. I'm trying to take away bad Why not things. Pass a law so you can't exploit people like that. No, because some people always find a way around it. Uh, people always find a way around laws, man. Yeah, <sighs> but there's uh, then you create a new law and uh, you know you move forward. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Uh, all right, uh, what's your number? F- wait, are we at your number four? Yeah, my four. Okay, because uh, we just did your five, right? Yes. Uh, is uh, what about Bob? Did we do your five? What was your fun? falling down. That's right. That's right. All right. Yeah. So what about Bob? There you go. What about Bob? Wow. I didn't think about that. Okay. Oh. Bill Murray or Richard Dreyfus? Richard Dreyfus. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Because he thinks he's, you know, got the world on a string. Yes, he does. And then Bob shows up with this ultra needy and dude, when he snaps and then he goes into that catatonic state for the last like 20 minutes. Right. But he's going to finally kill Bob and he shows up and it's a surprise Barty and he sees his, you know, sister, Lily, whatnot. And it just, oh. And then it sends him off to strap yeah, fucking Bob with dynamite afterwards. Uh, the mania in Richard Dreyfus' eyes, he's fully lost it. <laughs> it's, it's pretty fantastic. I love that movie. Yeah. I'm a sailor. I sail way, way far away from the dock. You know, I, I, you know basically, I just let the boat do most of the work. <laughs> Think you're kidding me. <laughs> I, I think that movie is fantastic. Yeah, uh, people love that movie. Uh, it, that's one where I think it's a good movie. I don't love it as much as everybody else does. It was a somehow got added to our collection of VHS. Tapes. Oh yeah, yeah, so you watched it over and over again. So I saw it a ton of times. Yeah, I can understand that. And uh, it's it's just got Bill Murray the his likability and just I don't know his blind gumption. He yeah. doesn't realize that he's being a pest, or if it, if he does, he doesn't register it because right. everybody else is so enamored with him. Um, Does Julie Hayes play the wife? The girl from Airplane? The actress from Airplane? Yes. Yeah, okay. As does, uh, let's see, his son is was in Hook. Uh, oh. As Robin Williams' son in that. Okay. Yeah, he plays Ziggy. I can't remember. Something Forsmo, I think is what his guy, guy, kid's name no is. No clue. No clue. He had a hell of a career for a while. I think, yeah. And the daughter, I couldn't tell you for a million dollars who it is. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Murray, Richard Dreyfuss, uh, Julie Haggerty, right, Julie Haggerty, Charlie Cosmo. I was right, Charlie Cosmo. Catherine Urbe is the daughter. Yeah. That's the girl from, like, Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. Like, this, this, this is her. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. I didn't know she was the daughter in this. Oh, my God. Wow. Um, trying to think. Everybody else pretty much. Yeah. 
there's a few character actors that pop up, but there's no one yeah. else of of like you know above the line kind of star visibility. Right, right. Uh, but he chases them down, doesn't he, Bob? Like he comes after them, doesn't he? Comes after strong. So. <laughs> Is it? Well, the doctor goes on vacation, right, up to this lake. Right. And he bought a lake house. To be with his family. To be with his family. Well, Bob's, you know, he's not fully there. But he seems harmless, but he just seems clingy. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, he fakes, not fakes his own death, but he shows up at the answering service for the doctor because he's on vacation. Oh, yeah, you know, he claims that the guy that himself who's been calling the answering service he shows up as a fake lieutenant and is like hey he killed himself it's terrible <laughs> and they're like oh really and he's like oh so you know with these guys sometimes whatever he's playing it off and whatnot he's charming them yeah, and yeah. bill murray it's hard not to but then he goes up to lake winnipesaka or winnipesaki or something along okay. those lines and uh shows up on the bus and gets out and he's fucking he's just he's a big dog yeah yeah is what he is but rightly so, Richard Dreyfus doesn't want to. He looks at him as a patient and somebody yeah. that uh, that's work, and I will deal with you at work. I'm away from work, and everybody else just views him as a person. Right. So the classification is what bothers him. You are not just a person to me. You are that world coming into this, and I want them to be completely separate. Yeah. So I can take a break from you, fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> and he feels that he's ruining the vacation. Everybody else feels like he's actually injecting some life and love into this situation. Right. Right. Interesting. Okay. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, I think he's. He makes him a better person. It just takes him a long time to come around to yeah. that fact. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. So he's pushed the edge, but he eventually comes back from the edge. Yeah, but Dreyfus goes over the edge. That's he true. tries to kill him. Yeah, he does. By strapping him with dynamite, and he takes him out with a shotgun, and he—I mean, his laughter and <laughs> no, this is the final therapy. He's gone. He's gone. He's fucking fully checked out. Uh, uh, next, your right. uh, four. Yeah. Uh, Death Wish. Okay. Never been a fan. Really? Well, the original? Because there was 72 follow-ups. Well, sure, true, true, true. And I saw, I don't know which one I saw. I didn't see the original first. I saw yeah. one of the others first. I don't know which one. Okay. So to me, it's always been like, hey, ma, like, oh, hey, what are we doing over here? <laughs> it's like this staccatic fucking, you know, rat-a-tat. Yeah. And he just always has the, you're going down, punk. And you're like, okay. One of the worst things that ever happened was Charles Bronson getting old, man. Because when he was young in like Magnificent Seven and Once Upon a Time in the West and The Great Escape. I have a little bit of trouble is... taking him seriously in those because I knew old Charles Bronson. Right, I know. That's what before I knew young. That's why I feel bad for people like it because like Char- I knew young Charles Bronson and he was Yeah, I get it. A badass. I man. wish I'd seen that first. Yeah, because you see him in the older days and he's doing like those terrible films with his wife and you're just like, oh my God. Yeah, I need a paycheck. Yeah. Like, all right, Charles, no problem. Hey, you killed my wife. Hey, hey you hey. killed my daughter. <laughs> my kids. Exactly. Eventually, he was like a fucking low-rent John Wick. He my dog. He kind of was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what, I, that's what I saw. Hey, that was my parrot. I think Jeff Goldblum is in Death Wish 3. He's one of the people who rapes the woman at the beginning of the movie. I think he's one of the hoodlums in that. Because mm-hmm. I know Jim Carrey's in Deadpool as one of the hoodlums in Deadpool. Um, but yeah, I think Jeff Goldblum is one of the women, one of the guys who rapes that girl. The you ever seen uh, Jim Carrey's uh, speech? Is I guess strong, but he comes out as a presenter to some degree for Clint Eastwood's AFI oh. mm-hmm. whatever, and he 
brings that up. Oh, fucking, <laughs> does he? It's so good. That's hilarious, it's man. It's so good. <laughs> I've never seen that. Uh, but anyway, Death Wish is a 1970s movie. Charles Bronson has the lead in this thing. If you haven't seen it, Vincent Gardenia is the police commissioner. He, His wife, and I think his wife and his kids gets killed by these people. And it just like, he is, he goes through the process of trusting the system and the police and but piece by piece that gets stripped away because they become more and more ineffective yeah. and incompetent in trying to bring these people to justice. And then I think eventually they walk. And so he just, he just flips, he just flips and he becomes this vigilante overnight and, uh, and then starts like putting himself in positions because he's gone so far the edge that he purposely seeks out the criminals so that he can kill them. So his vigilanteism is a, also a bloodlust villageantism that isn't born from uh, revenge. It is born from a desire to think that he should be the one protecting Unilateralism. Everyone. Yeah, unilateralism. He's, just, he's going to, and he's willing to goad uh, the people to attack him so that he can kill them uh, and feel better that he's done something good with his life. <laughs> so it's a little nutty film. Um, and you're right. The subsequent remakes uh, or the, sorry, sequels weren't great. Um, and Certainly, the remake with Bruce Willis was a didn't f- even see it. Oh my god, it was not fun. Didn't even see. It. I, I don't have much, obviously, uh, love for the original. So yeah, it's like, yeah. well, why in the world do I give two shits? Yeah. about this. Yeah, yeah. Had you just called it something else? Okay, well now just it's a its own revenge story. It's a vendetta. Mm-hmm. But because you're, it's like ah, okay, yeah. I, I can understand because they made so many of them that you would eventually, if you're going to reboot everything, you reboot something that was one of the first action kind of. Uh, series on yeah. its own. Yeah, absolutely. Which is a rarity at that time, but... Yeah. What's your number three? Uh, three for me is uh, Taxi Driver. Oh, uh, that's a punt. Okay. My three is Edge of Darkness. The Mel Gibson. Oh, the Mel Gibson? Yeah. Good call. Right? Good call. I haven't yeah. seen that forever, but yeah, he definitely snaps. He does, you know, because they, they kill his daughter right in front of him with a fucking double barrel gunshot Yeah, through the door. Um, and you find out that her da- his daughter was investigating these corrupt uh, um, people who a chemical company that was um, yeah, polluting the environment. And that's how she initially got involved with this it, it protest, the environment stuff. Then she was recruited by this group, this espionage group that goes under to trying to, you know, infiltrate this company to get in mm-hmm. evidence of what was happening. And she ends up uh, uh, finding out all this information and being the last person that survives uh, from this group that went in initially at the beginning of the movie. Uh, and they eventually find her. And Frank Grillo is the guy who kills her, okay. who I interviewed on the deep cut. And uh, he and and then it's like Gibson, uh, as a cop, is researching what happened. And then when he finds out, and he f- sees all these people within the chain of command, both uh, politically and in his own, I think his own police department are corrupt and are part of this taking money from these people so they can shut their mouths and allow, yeah. and allow terrible things to happen. So piece by piece, all these institutions, once again, that he trusted and relied on or worked for are taken away from him. And he has to go and, uh, 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 you know, figure out how to do and avenge his daughter. And it's fantastic. It is so fucking good. And Ray Winstone helps him. Do it, which is even better. Seeing Winstone and Gibson doing scenes to old school badasses, it's it's awesome. It's a good choice. <laughs> All right, what's your number two? Two is uh, First Blood. That's my two, son. Yeah, perfect timing. Nice. Wow. So you don't have my number one? Uh, probably not. I don't know. Yeah, because we got the punt. Yeah. From a, really, mm, I don't know what your number one is. I mean, you might be schooling me here, man. 
Okay, well, uh, first blood. I mean, unless you put Joker in them, I, I haven't seen it, so I wouldn't put it on my list. Well, you know that you said the select viewings. <laughs> they specifically reached out and said, "You seem to enjoy Aquaman." There you go. Why don't you come over oh, right. this way? Perfect. And I was like, "Oh, really?" Because I thought it was like you know, I graded you on a bell curve because you're DC. Right. Uh, That's a fair decision. I, I, yeah, I didn't hate it. Okay. So so long as I don't hate a DC movie, you're already halfway you know, there. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah all right. It sucks, but I, I wish I could think better of you. <laughs> I want nothing more. I want every movie to be amazing. I do. Right. Uh, the, otherwise, why am I spending my time watching this shit? Yeah, or and your money. Yeah, but that's part of the you know movie pass that I have. It just it's all right. I'm not individually paying for it anymore, which oh, okay. does make a slight bit of difference. That's fair. But for First Blood, I mean, yeah, he was already on the edge by what the government pushed him to. Right. Right. And then now, and the war, yeah, yeah, and now a local government, yeah, and more specifically, the local sheriff, the Podunk sheriff, yeah, decides to who uh, didn't serve, who wasn't over there, no, but he needs to have the biggest swinging dick in this tiny exactly. little county, exactly, and uh, he takes on the wrong guy, yeah, man, some of Stallone's best acting, and it's a systemic progression too, because like there are red flags or uh, closed gates that he could respect turn his car back around and go back but no yeah, he could have ended this he could have ended it many times but he has to prove a point and he has to work out his own anger at these vietnam veterans and he sees them as you know uh, uh, drifters as people that are drained on the economy mm-hmm. uh who are doing their thing and not respecting what they did by serving the country um, and insults them, treats because even from the beginning he treats Stone like shit. Yeah, from the beginning for no reason at all. Well, because he looks like a hobo. Yeah, so I can understand the, the judgment right off the bat. I can understand being in a small town. Hey, what are you doing here? Type of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it's some stranger, right? Wandering through, so you're the only real you know authority around here. Yeah. So of course you'd be wary on some level, but you're a bully. Yeah. So He's a why bully. you already have. I guess you just need to, you know, every, you can't have one iota of this supposed power yeah. wrenched from your hands. And the progression to see Stallone eventually just go over. Yeah. Oh, you want this? Like, fine. Yeah. That blubbering speech at the end. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it's, it's, it should be ridiculous. No, but it works. It man. does. It really does. It's amazing that it's, I haven't seen the new one because it's just, I don't, I don't care. All right. I loved it. Uh, I enjoyed the last one that I, was in the Southeast Asia. I was on the fence on the last one. I liked it once the action started. Yeah, fair. Because I thought the missionaries were a bunch of fucking idiots. Yeah, they were. And I was like, why do I care that he rescues a bunch of fucking idiots? Well, it was mainly that one woman. That's yeah. all he really cared. But she was still dumb enough to go. True. Like the POWs in Rambo Part, Part 2, those are people that didn't know, right? They went to serve their country and they got stuck in these cages and horrible torture. So he's going to release them. That makes sense. The third one, you're helping the Mujahideen. It's a different situation, occupational situation. This is like fucking, you know, rich little kids with their idealistic points of view trying to do something really stupid and understanding the actual yeah. politics of this, the horrific politics of this country, thinking you can push your Americanism on this country. It's ridiculous. But apparently you like the new one? I do. I love the new one. I think it's good. I think I, it's because you're BFs with uh, Stallone now. <laughs> 
<laughs> no. So suddenly I'm going to see you in a rhinestone cowboy T-shirt. Always love this film. No. I don't know what you're talking no, about. I'll never defend rhinestone cowboy or stop when my mom will shoot. I'll defend Oscar. I'll I was about to say, Oscar. which one is the mobster one? Yeah, I'll defend Oscar. Uh, yeah, I will. Um, but no, I like this one. And I, you know, I tweeted about, I pushed back a lot of people who are like, oh, it's a MAGA fantasy film or it's a racist film. And I was like, I'm Latino. It's not motherfucking racist. You know, there's, there are cartels. They're pretty bad people. Uh, and shit happens sometimes to people who go over and are not aware of the situation. Once again, not aware of a situation before you go in there. So it happens. I don't know. I'm just saying. But anyway, this film certainly pushed to the edge and certainly does certain things. To Without people, a doubt. To people. And his like the torture that he endures from the cops triggers the torture memories from Vietnam with the PTSD, which he hasn't processed. So when he's out there hanging in the woods and like killing, by the way, wild boar that are running through these woods yeah. is pretty incredible, man. Um, all right. So, so my number one, which is not on your list. Yeah, what is it? The Shining. Oh. Uh, he is a normal man when he shows up. If you say so. Uh, we have no indication that he has really any of this. Except that it's Jack Nichols. <laughs> but, true. Yes. But I hear your points. But he shows up at this you know, hotel and slowly he devolves into utter madness. Yeah, but what's pushing him into this madness? We don't really see it. It's well, just the hotel. Okay, well – all right. I mean, I, true, but yeah. we, we – Like we things are being taken away from him. We can see its influence though. Yes, certainly influence. Yes, absolutely. I'm not going to deny that. So is the Look, I'm not, I'm not making you take off the – I respect No, I'm better. not going to. Yeah. I'm saying the, the overall effect isn't enough because you don't see the machinations that go into what – you know. Yeah, because he seems to be wanting – to do this, wanting to be a part of it, wanting to explore the well, history it, of the hotel. It comes down to then, further was he deeper. always part of this place and he was right. drawn to it preternaturally, right. so that's why he fell into this black hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah Like yeah. he's been in this death spiral before and it's going to keep happening and that is his fate? Mm -hmm. Is that what we're supposed to take away from this? So, of course, how what, what are the forces of fate? They are just forces. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know what you're specifically – I mean, you know. Is it him projecting and creating the bartender and the woman in the hotel room? Or is that actually the hotel help conjuring what his mind wants to see? Yeah, there's, but there's a point where he realizes this is all fucking fake or not real. But he's still willing to buy into the lie. So much so that he's willing to kill his wife and his kid so that he can. You really think he sees through the artifice that it's real oh, or not real? Yes. I think in the uh, when you see what's-his-face with the blood coming off his head uh, in the bathroom, that's the moment that it's like, well, this is all crazy and I'm yeah. willing to be part of it. Uh, but I'm, I'm saying he's not aware on that level. Okay. Like he is still going through – like he is basically – He's not deviating from the path that he would always kind of set upon. It's not like he woke up and had a realization of like, what the fuck is going on? Right, right. Like this hotel, like seems crazy because the natural reaction would be get out of there as opposed to, you know, speeding right. up into the crash. Uh, he speeds up into the crash. He does. Yeah. I think he just devolves into sheer mania. Yeah. That to me was like that was a man pushed to the edge and fell, fell over the edge. Yeah, completely did. I can't deny that. All right. So your number one is the punt. Taxi, taxi driver. Yeah, number one, taxi driver. Uh, I mean, it's, to me, it's the quintessential thing. Yeah. And, but you could argue the same thing, honestly, because he comes from Vietnam, comes back from Vietnam. Mm -hmm. 
You can tell that he's a little... He's a little off. He's a little off already. Whereas Rambo, you can't tell. You know. Yeah, I mean, look, you find he may out. have PTSD. He may have all those things that we can understand now, but right. it's not like through the character that you're introduced to him the first time. He looks like he's just a dude passing through town. Yes. Just like Jack Nicholson. Nicholson still looks like Nicholson, but uh, at the same time, ostensibly, he is just a family man. Yes, true. Now, he has had that one rough interaction with Danny where he broke his arm or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there is that in the past. Yeah. So he has anger issues, but not to the point of sheer madness. Whereas when you meet Travis, yeah, you kind of, he is creepy. You sense he's a little creepy, right? Yeah. Uh, but as the film goes on and he becomes more, um, I don't know, more aware of his surroundings and more influenced by his surroundings and more frustrated with his surroundings... He does try to break out of them. I mean, the, the asking Sybil Shepherd for the date, but then he takes her to a fucking porn movie. Um, all these things he does, he has an impulse to want to be normal, but he can't be normal for whatever reason. Yeah. And so he has to create the scenario that he's some kind of avenging angel to fight back against the lunacy of the world or what he sees as the lunacy of the world. So he's still pushed to the edge. He's just more... Um, Prepared to go over the edge uh, because of his own personal uh, mental makeup. See, to me, mental he health is, makeup. Um, have you ever repelled? Uh, yes, sure. Yes, so in the you military. Know the first couple jumps. Yes, like short, soft little yeah. short jumps. Mm-hmm. To me, he's already doing those soft little short jumps well, when we first at the started the movie. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Taking a woman to a porn theater and thinking that's a good idea, trying to relate because all people have sex, so of course we would watch a movie about sex. Like, right. That's normal for two. I want to have sex with you. Do you want to have sex with me? Like right. that's my primary motivation here. And uh, so to me, he's already kind of. I still have it at number three. I'm not yeah, yeah, negating. No, no. I'm just like I he was. It. He was already over that line for me. Right. Right. But the fact that it's sadly close to reality, The Shining's not real. Right. Rambo, there's not going to be a dude that holds up in a small town and yeah. single-handedly takes out 12 sheriffs. God, I hope not. No. It's possible, I sure, guess, on sure. some level, but you you'd have to level. set up. Yeah. You know? And he just kind of stumbles into the situation a little more. Whereas Taxi Driver, like, nah, you know, big enough city? Yeah. I believe that shit. Well, his, and his dialogue changes, right? As he gets more and more influenced by the madness of the city, um, the narratives that he's saying as he's driving, like it becomes more angry, more vitriolic, more frustrated. And yeah. Um, and you start to get really nervous about what's going to happen here. So, yeah, certainly uh, it's there. Um, all right. Well, there you go. That's our individual uh, top 10 lists uh, for this episode of the top 10 show. And uh, now we're going to put this, this thing together. Uh, I guess, Matt, you're writing. So we'll put this all our list together and do a little banging and uh, rolling out of here. So it looks like Taxi Driver, that's 1-3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then Taxi Driver. Okay. And then I would say Rambo. Yeah, First Blood. blood. Yeah. First Blood. All right. Do we have any other commonality that high? I've got Shining at 1. We have Death Wish, don't we? Or no. No, he no, is right. You didn't. Network's 5. Uh, Yeah, that's lower for me. That's 7. Okay. Okay. Falling down is nine and nine and five. Okay. I would say my number one trumps either of those. Yeah, two. that's fair. Don't push, don't push me to the edge. Um okay, so what's your next highest? Number three. Edge of darkness. 
Okay, so would you say uh, falling down at five what? Nine. Or network at seven? Five. I put network higher. Okay. Right? Let's do, I guess, network there and then. Uh, what, Edge of Darkness? Or. You don't think falling down at five, nine beats a number three? Do you? To me, it does. For five, nine does? Yeah. Why? Beats a three. Why? If it was a two or one, because of the combo, I'm usually, it, it's just an arbitrary line. Sure. That's I, fine. I'm not. Yeah. It's not like a fucking rule, you know? It's just one of those things. I'm like, eh. Can I have Edge of Darkness now? Of course. Okay. Because after this, I think it's just who's highest. Yeah. Because uh, you don't have Prisoners, Fatal Attraction. What about Bob, the game, Full Metal Jacket, right? None of those, no. So which uh, my number four is what about Bob? Ooh, my number four is Death Wish. We're going to have to flip, I think. Yeah. Uh, I, got, All right. I got one of the coins. Yeah, you flipped the coin. I'm cool. Oh, okay. You don't have uh, the fucking hassle weighted coin. I swear to God. I do. It's it's right outside the door. Do you? Yeah, but I'm I'm cool with us doing one of these things because I've been bringing the the that coin that's not weighted, by the way, uh, to flip. So there we go. Is that the good one? Batman is yeah. Okay. Because the other one is definitely weighted. Yeah. Uh, in my honor, I will not view what lands on top, and then I will flip it. Okay. And here we go. Well, yeah. You take the cake. Oh, I'll be damned. You take the cake. Well, uh, so that was uh, uh, Death, Death Wish. Wish. Yeah, I could just think of Mr. Majestic. <laughs> Different movie, man. I know, but anytime I think of Charles Bronson, because one of my buddies, his handles uh, uh, on PlayStation Four is Mr. Majestic is part of it. Oh, nice. Yeah, so I always think of that Charles Bronson and him. I'm on the PlayStation. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I just pick up these hookers and drive through Miami. Hey, you got to do a heist. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that is every Charles Bronson. It's just perfect. Mm-hmm. I just ran that guy over. Uh, all right. Exactly. Um. What do you mean I got to get an oil change? <laughs> <laughs> what? That the mundanity of this game. <laughs> all right. Uh, we put network on. That was my number five. Uh, what do you have? What's your highest next time? Six. Oh, goddamn, me too. Uh, what's yours? Flip it, man. It's a wonderful life. Here comes the flip, because it's that versus prisoners, but I lost the last oh, one. Oh, nice. All right. And I can't besmirch it's a wonderful life, so I'm going to let the coin do the That's fair. The talking. That is that is a home win right there. Yeah? That is a home win right For there. prisoners? Nice. Prisoners it is. All right. It's a wonderful life. All right. Done and done. Good to go. Cool. Let's do it. All right. Here we go. Count it down. The top 10 persons on the edge movie. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Person. person okay. The top 10 persons pushed to the edge movies. Yeah. At number 10. It's a Wonderful Life. At number nine. Prisoners. At number eight. What about Bob? At number seven. Death Wish. At number six. Edge of Darkness. At number five. 
Uh, falling down. At number four, Network. At number three, The Shining. At number two, First Blood. And our number one person pushed to the edge movie is Taxi Driver. Hey-oh. Um, a, uh, I like this topic. It was a good topic. Yeah, it was a good topic. I like the suggestions. Good job. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, I think you came up with this one. So you said that with a lot of vitriol. Thanks, what? Matt? No, I just wanted to make sure Pass. I your name. See, you have a burner account on Facebook, don't you? What about Man on the Edge? Pass. Pass. Terrible topic. Pass. Uh, yeah, it was a good one. We, uh, yeah. you know, we've sat down. We got all the next uh, few months all we choreographed. Do. I mean, yeah. there's going to be changes in it. Sure, Obviously, sure, it sure. always happens. Um, but we got some uh, good topics coming up. Yeah, and uh, we thank all of you that uh, that follow the show at Top Ten Show on, on Twitter or over at uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Top Ten Show. We have honestly, there's so many good discussions going on over there, and uh, sometimes we suggest things. Hey, what, what do you guys think? And somebody will thankfully put up a poll for us. Sometimes, like yeah. Mr. Hasso, corrupts the merit of that poll yeah. to manipulate outcomes for his own ends. Well, standard Hasso. It is standard Hasso, but it benefits you. So I like the fake eye rolling. What you know? the hell? I, I don't know what we're talking about. Suffer the indignity that oh. uh, gives you the proper outcome you're looking for, even though you're still lost. You give me way too much credit, man. I don't. The manipulation by which you put out that poll was uh, – <laughs> I didn't put out the poll. How, how you know? Yeah, but you, you implored people. In a way that uh, on the show, on the show, it just came up randomly. It did come up randomly. Yeah, I didn't tell people to put a poll. Like I didn't no, say. But afterwards, you said, "I oh, know I don't want people to put it up because then they'll they'll pick you over okay, me." Okay, and, and what, what a surprise! Me. And they did it. No, I, I think they you know, a a the poll was put up incorrectly. <laughs> okay. B, it's really a have you seen either of these? And if you want to go on the merit of which do you prefer, that's fine. Right, right. That's it's not fair. an indictment of you if they choose to say that Master Commander is a superior movie because mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. that's fine. That's all right. I'm not as beloved. I get it. It's, it's all, See, this is the nice spin for you. Yeah. Is that, let, it be, let it be what it is. Um, all right. Thanks, everybody, for what, for listening to this show. And uh, like we say at the end of every show, please, for the love of God, retweet this thing, uh, post this thing. We're still building our base. Could use a lot of help from you all to do that on your own social medias or Facebook. Um, every little bit helps. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to join in the discussion, where is the Facebook group they can go to? Uh, Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the top 10 show. Yeah, and if you want to with the number ten, if you want to be a supporter or patron of the top ten shows, www.patreon.com uh, backslash or forward slash the top ten number ten there, and see the different tiers that we can do uh, or that we have for you all to support us. Uh, London is is in the discussion again for next year. We're starting to talk about that and figuring out when we're going to do that. Um, yeah, Houston, we're waiting on the price of a venue. Yep, that's yep. it. We've already gotten every other question answered, but now we got to figure out a date and a price. Exactly. And uh, if you're going to be in Orlando on uh, the 18th or 19th that Saturday, I will be in Orlando with the uh, Dan Murrow. We're taking on Kalinowski and Chance for the tag t- tag team belt. So if you haven't got your ticket, go and get your ticket. Would love to see you guys live, meet some of you live who I maybe, maybe haven't met yet during these top show and top ten show lives around the country and the world. Um, uh, that would be great. And you said the eighteenth. Yeah, I'll actually be in Tampa if you guys want to come oh, over to Tampa. Holy shit! And we'll just now we're in Florida together. We're doing an anti schmodown event <laughs> over there. So that's all. Uh, I like it. Details to follow. The hoedown. I like it. I dig it. Um, uh, yeah, but. I think we've uh, promoted away. So. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, follow Matt at 
Matt Nost, M-A-T-T-K-N-O-S-T. Follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and Instagram. And it's great to uh, have you all come aboard again. And we'll uh, oh, and don't forget to put some ratings down on iTunes and please. and some reviews. Those things help us push up. Just because you you know you, it's been a bit, don't, don't, please go back and put some more up there. That'd be great uh, for us. All right, that's it. We'll see you next time on the Top Ten Show. Adios. Adios.